G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. When the door is open, I'm going to ask you to ask yourself this question. Do I love this person enough to tell them the best thing I know? Hi, and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. We're continuing engaging in spiritual conversations today, and we'll hear some more practical advice on how to steer discussions towards spiritual concerns. Rather than cold turkey evangelizing, building relationships and winning the respect of friends and colleagues means we earn the right to speak into friends' lives. In other words, come in, start the conversation, but man, if you get a great resistance, back off. Don't get defensive and don't get angry, back away. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we continue engaging in spiritual conversations. Now, please hear me on this. I know some of you mean well. Please listen. It's called the law of supply and demand. If there's a high demand for information, then let the supply be high. If there's a low demand, back off. You'll do more damage than good. Oh, boy. There's a guy at the cat. Let me get this off my chest, all right? Just be, I love the second uh, service because you guys, you're, you're real, and I can talk to you. All right, here's the deal. <laughs> There's a guy at the cafe that's killing me. And, you know, I don't, I don't I, look, I'm stuffed. I don't know how to talk to him because he's a Christian. And he comes and he sits in the corner, and he talks very loud about his faith in Christ. And he dishes out tons of information The only problem is nobody's asking. I'm serious. Sometimes there won't even be anybody beside him and he'll just start talking really loud. Jesus said, and he's really good about philosophy and numerology and eschatology. He can rattle it off and he's probably well read in the scripture. But I want to walk over to him and say, brother, who are you talking to? And are you a Christian? And he would say, yeah. And I'd say, maybe you need to be a closet Christian. Maybe you need to just kind of stay in there because you're working hard, but you're killing us. He's given a great supply, but there's no demand. You got that? As a matter of fact, the word translated fear or or rather uh, respect in that text in 1 Peter is the word phobos, which comes from a, a, a word that means to be ready to take flight. In other words, you come in quietly, you land softly, but when danger approaches, you're always ready to fly. In other words, come in, start the conversation, but man, if you get a great resistance, back off. Don't get defensive and don't get angry, back away. Good example, let me give you two. Of high demand, my friend Andrew Gardner that I talked to you about last week, you know, when he crossed over was when he was having trouble in his relationship, in his marriage, and he'd searched everywhere and found no hope. That was a, a, a time of high demand in his life where he would listen to what others would say about how Jesus can revolutionize the way you look at your marriage or relationships or the way you raise your children. That's high demand, so you give it. 
So I took him by the hand, not literally, but I guided him to where he could find help in our church. Same thing is true at CCV. We got hundreds of ministries that just about meet every need possible. If there's somebody you meet that has that need, you find out where they can have that need met and you take them by the arm and you lead them, thus expressing your care and concern. However, sometimes there's a low demand. Another basketball player in New Zealand, his name was Doug. I invited him to church. He came one weekend. I saw him the next Monday night in practice. I asked him, what'd you think? And he said, oh, those are just a bunch of fake people, a bunch of weak people who need a crutch to make it through life. They're not real, none of them. Now that's what I would call low demand. <laughs> okay, low demand. So low supply. I just laughed it off, didn't give up on him, still befriended him, still kept inviting him over. And over time, he also dropped his guard when he saw that I was interested in a relationship, even if he wasn't a Christian. And I invited him back to the house and he came back to church and ultimately was converted. So it just takes time. But where there is low demand, low supply. Now, once you do that, let's get into the good stuff. Once you initiate the conversation towards spiritual ideas or concepts and you discern the person's level of interest, here's what's going to happen. Over time, you're going to meet people who have a high level of interest. Most often it happens through relationship. Sometimes it'll happen though immediately. Did you know that? Sometimes God will send you to the right time at the, or to the right person at the right time in the right place and they'll be open to the gospel. And here's my question. Can you walk them through it in simplicity? Can you? See, if you can't, then God's not going to be sending people to you. If you're not being spiritually formed yourself, why would God send anybody to you? Because you're not ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. And let me just say something. I love you. Remember second, second audience, so you, we, we trust each other, right? Let me say something to you. It's going to hurt a little bit. Spiritual formation is directly connected to your effectiveness as an evangelist. For instance, you know, when you look at the weekend gathering as optional and negotiable, and you do what Barna says, you come maybe once, twice a month. See, what you have to understand is you've got all this input going into your life every day of the week that is not godly. You've got to be serious about forming your spirit, forming your soul. Because when you engage in evangelism, it's a partnership deal, folks. It's you and the Holy Spirit. And unless you're being formed regularly and being trained, then the Spirit of God won't have anything to activate in your mind to give you the right word at the right time. Spiritual formation is directly related. Now, when the door is open, you're going to be a little nervous. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to ask yourself this question. Do I love this person enough to tell them the best thing I know? Do I love this person enough? And let me do it in simplicity. I'm a horrible artist, but this is good enough. Now in your bulletin, you have a little stick man here. This represents the person you're talking to and you have God. There's a big chasm here. Now you'll notice in your bulletin, he has a Dodger hat on. But I've had, I've, had people confuse, I've had people accuse me all week of putting that there as a representation that Dodger fans are separated from God. And I, I, I just want to tell you, I want to tell you, that was not my intention. Let's listen, here's the deal. Draw a little diagram, very simple, and you can move from simplicity to complexity depending on how ready you are. But the Spirit of God, I believe, uses all, of it, uses all of this. Here's your person. You explain to them, here's you and here's God. Here's everything that is good, everything that is right, everything holy, everything pure, but also meaning to life, fulfillment, peace. Everything that you're ultimately looking for is over here with God because God is all those things. There's a problem though. There's a gap that separates you from God and it's your sin. Now, let me tell you, from my experience, as soon as you say that, a lot of people are going to enter into another conversation. That's why you need to know the second graph. They're going to say, wait a minute, I'm not that bad. 
You know, I'm, I don't know why that has to separate me from God. I mean, I live a good moral life. I'm good to my wife and children. Here's where you put this little diagram up. You say, that's all well and good, but the problem is the standard is not your neighbor or your friend. The standard is God, and he's 100% holy. And in the same way that you, as part of your human essence, are required to eat to survive, you can say you're not going to eat, but if you stop eating, you're going to die. In that same way, to be true to your essence, God to be true to his essence, and to remain God, to be the God that he is, is 100% holy and must separate himself from all known sin. So even if you're 99.9% pure, which you're not, but even if you were, you'd still be lacking because God is totally holy, perfect, and pure and must separate himself from all known sin. So go back to the grab. This is you. This is God. You're separated even if you have a little bit of sin because God has none. You're separated from God because of his sin. But hallelujah. You actually don't say that. That'll sound like church language. Just say, but I got some good news for you, my brother, my sister. The good news is God loves you so much. He didn't want you to remain away from him. He didn't want a gap between you. So he sent his son to bridge that gap through the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus Christ forgives you of your sin. And now you're able to walk across into relationship with God, the father. Now you can only be that simple if you want. Sometimes I'll get further into the argument where I'll talk about, look, you're separated. God is holy and pure. You're separated from him because of your sin. And if you walk across, God's not only going to forgive you, but he's going to do something else. So I'm going to explain that just momentarily. Now, when you draw this first diagram, very simple, right? Not hard. Carry the bulletin around, make copies of it, carry a little card. Simplicity. You're separated from God because of your sin. That is as difficult as the gospel gets. But Jesus cross forgives you of your sin. Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. Pastor Jeff is giving us particular topics that can steer conversations towards Jesus and spiritual life. I'll often go into the second phase where I'll talk about, hey, man's law is the same way, right? How can one be right with the law of man? Either not breaking the law, don't break the law or pay the penalty. If you pay the penalty after you've broken the law, you are right in the eyes of the government by the law. Same way with God. You either keep it perfectly, which no man has done or can do, or you pay the penalty. But God didn't want you to pay the penalty. So he sent his son to pay the penalty on your behalf. That's why the cross is that bridge that bridges the gap between you and God. Now, here's what will happen when you say that. When there's an open door and someone hears that, I can almost guarantee, I mean, 10 years in New Zealand taught me this. The wheels are going to start turning, and here's the next thought that happens. They're going to say, they won't say it out loud. They'll just be thinking, okay, I like this, but if I get over there, I'm going to have to change my life, and I'm not ready to do that. Here's what you need to do, number four. Ask them to cross over, and here's what's included in asking them to cross over. There's a lot of people that are gonna be ready because there are some barriers that they're gonna to need to cross. So I want you to ask them the question, very simple, to get them to start talking about what they're thinking inside. You ask them the question, is there anything that would prevent you from crossing over right now? Is there anything that would prevent you from crossing over right now? And you keep asking that question. At first, they'll give you superficial answers. Well, I don't want to, I'm busy or what? But then if you're patient, and you wait long enough, they will get to the core of the matter and tell you what it is that's preventing them. And more often than not, let me tell you what it is. It's something that they know they're gonna to have to change that they either don't want to change or think they're powerless to change. 
And here's why you tell them this next story. Now, I haven't written down this. This is almost the end, so hold on here. This, I haven't written this down, but you need to memorize it. If you can't memorize it and you can't remember it, I'm encouraging you to get this CD and remember what I'm about to say. It's my experience in New Zealand that this did so much to help people cross over more than any other discussion, what I'm about to say. You've got to help people understand that God is like an earthly father to some degree. That a father will tell the child not to do certain things, but not because the father wants to be the big bad boss, but because he wants to protect the life of the child. He will say to the child, don't play in the middle of the street, not because he wants to bind the child, but because he wants to free him to live an enjoyable life within restrictions that are designed to protect him. If the son plays in the middle of the road, he might get hit by a car. God says, don't do this, not because he wants to play the big, bad, cosmic boss, but because he wants to help you to live the most enjoyable, abundant life you can given the certain specific creation scenario in which we all live. You've got to help them see that God's laws are not arbitrarily given, that they are motivated out of love and concern. Now, that will get them so far, but there's still a piece to go still, and that's this. You have to explain to them that God is a loving, patient God, and when they cross over, now you're in community with God, and he places, according to the Bible, be this simple, his spirit in you, so that his spirit in you changes not only what you're doing, but it changes what you want to do. So right now over here, you're afraid that you won't be able to make the changes. But you've got to understand here, you never will. But if you go here, God not only changes what you want to do, so those desires to continue to do that will change, but he'll also give you the power to overcome. Doesn't mean that you'll be perfect, you never will, and you may struggle with some of these same things, but now your attitude has changed because the Spirit of God is living inside you. It's welling up within you, and he's going to change not only what you do, but what you want to do. Therefore, take them to Matthew 13, 33. I think it's the best passage of scripture to say to someone who's interested in crossing over. It's where Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. And then you look at your friend and you say, you know, it's like yeast going into dough. You're the dough. The yeast is the spirit of God. He comes on the inside of you to live, but it takes time for the yeast to rise and the dough to rise. But over time, and God is extremely patient, it rises and it takes you with it so that, and you keep repeating, so that God not only changes what you do, he changes what you want to do. And then you'll have the desire on the other side to be a new man or a new woman. But as long as you're over here, that desire will never come. And so if you can lead people to that point, and then I want you to pray this prayer with them. It's in your bulletin. You can take them by the hand and say, look, if there's nothing else that prevents you from crossing over, let's cross over together right now. Repeat this prayer. I confess that I'm a sinner. I know I've sinned. And now I receive the gift of forgiveness because Jesus died in my place. And I ask you to become the forgiver and the leader of my life. And when you do that with that person, let me tell you something you're going to feel more alive than you've ever felt in your life. And you're going to get a taste for it. It's kind of like when you get a taste of something that you really enjoy, it makes you want more and more of it. That's what's going to happen once you leave. Because listen, listen, it's sad to me how many people, when they get to heaven, if God were to ask them, how many people do you, did you bring with you? A lot of people are going to say nobody. And that's a travesty. That's why Peter says... Let Jesus be the Lord of your life. You're living your life for his purposes. And if you will equip yourself with some of these things, you'll have the confidence to say the right word at the right time. And if your heart and soul is being formed, you'll be able to lead people into that saving relationship. And I want to tell you, you'll never forget it. It'll energize you and you'll want more and more as God uses it 
you for his purposes. Father, we are grateful this morning for just a little bit of a time out to ask those important questions that need to be asked. And Father, to contemplate how we can be used by you. Father, to illustrate your heart. Realizing that your heart is for those who are far from you. I pray that overall, mixed in with what we've said today, that we would recognize that ultimately conversion is the work of the Holy Spirit. But Paul told us that we are workers together with God to achieve these purposes. So Father, I pray that you'd renew our passion, that we would have great energy, great passion, great desire to walk across the room, engage in spiritual conversations, and at the right time when we've discerned that the door is open, to be willing to step in and share the gospel in its simplicity, and then to ask people to make the decision to cross over and to deal with any barriers that separate them from crossing the chasm. I pray that this would be the DNA, the life, and the culture of our church. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we've been hearing how to engage in spiritual conversations and how building relationships with others will show our love for them, allowing us to pray for them and speak the love of Jesus into their lives. Join us next time to hear from Pastor Jeff about hell. Is it a real place that we need to be concerned about? Today with Jeff Vines, just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.